So what's up, dude? What's up? I got nothing. Not much. I got to work tonight. Just trying to get get a quick podcast in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you got to do it when you can do it. I still haven't even eaten lunch. Really? Yeah, I don't know what I'm going to have. Oh. Maybe some chicken. What did you have for breakfast? Nothing. I haven't eaten yet. Oh. Well, you haven't eaten breakfast or lunch? Jesus no. Jesus Christ. I feel like a fat fuck now. No, dude, I'm I'm good. That's how I was yesterday. The thing is, I have this insulative layer that my body can just use for energy, yeah. right, between between meals. No, I mean, honestly, like, the intermittent fasting thing, I've told myself that I want to do it, and sometimes I do, like, for the 18 hours, but I need to th- just take, like, two days and just, like, get rid of all the shit that's in my body. I need, like, a cleanse or something. Let your stomach shrink up a little bit, yeah. too. That way you don't... I know it's a big one for me, man. Lately, I've just been eating so fucking much at a time. I'm like, how the, where the fuck is it going there? You know what? It, it's it's what you eat, too. Because I'm so lazy, I don't want to cook anything. So the stuff that I eat is all prepackaged bullshit. And I just notice that, for whatever reason, you get a lot hungrier after you eat that stuff. Yeah. So that... Uh, do you, did you watch that presidential debate on Wednesday? Did yes. you watch that live? I watched it almost uninterrupted. Yeah. that I've been kind of fucked up since that. Why? I mean, my boners are shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I don't know if somehow, like, my patriotism and my manhood is fucking intertwined in my mind, but it's like I'm getting, like, 70% of an erection Do the last prefer- few days. Sexier politicians? Did you get harder erections when George Bush was president? Or maybe Barack Obama? I mean, when George Bush was president, I was like 13. I probably had the hardest erections you, you could have. <laughs> Those were your formative years. That's why you're maybe more conservative. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's just, it w- I just think it's so sad that those are our uh, gladiators of thought that we have to choose from. Yeah, you know, all the people that... They want to shit on politics because it's just a lot of white men. It kind of gives them a lot of ammunition, to be honest. <laughs> it wasn't like the best showing. I think we could do better. I mean, you've got, you've got two guys that are almost 80. One of them can't hardly, you know, talk in full sentences, and the other one won't shut his fucking mouth. Yeah. And neither one of them have the discipline of more than a five-year-old to let the other person speak. I Well, I mean, I think, yeah. It was bad. But it was also entertaining. I watched it for the entertainment of it. I didn't really watch it for the uh, the value of the people's opinions that were in the debate. I mean, they, during those debates, they're historically lying about what they're going to do. Yeah, I, I think so. Well, you can't, you can't get across an idea. These ideas are c- complex. They're not simple ideas anymore, you know? Yeah, why are we still giving them two minutes to talk? And then this fucking moderator's like, we're moving on to the next topic. Because they no. don't, I don't think they're experts on the topics that they're talking about. I think they they have a general idea of what they want to do, and I think eventually they kind of like when they become president, they turn it over to somebody else to figure it out. Somebody who, who actually knows, you know. And that they're not writing these fifteen hundred page bills or whatever the fuck is being passed. And that's what I would almost defer to when asked those questions. You know, like, you know. If I, if I were getting into office or being asked questions like that per se, I'd be like, well, I would lean on the experts in the field 
and we will come up with something together. I'm not going to sit here and tell you what the right thing to do is. You don't even need two minutes for that. You could just say that for every single question and just pass. <laughs> yeah, I just, we'll defer to what I said the first time. We'll yeah. let this guy talk. Yeah, I, I, it was I'm, – I'm still trying to process how I feel about it. The funny thing was – is I decided, all right, I don't want to listen to any experts after the fact. I just want to sort it out for myself. And I feel like because I don't know anything and I don't care enough to try to know anything, it is really hard to form an opinion. I don't care. That's the problem. Yeah, I agree. And and you can't listen to an expert's take on it without an agenda or an opinion of their own being somehow wrapped in that. Yeah. But it was obvious to see that, you know – Trump's Trump's always been somewhat of an asshole, right? Yeah. And he was an asshole in there. Now, I did find it really, really fucking funny when – I'll never forget this because I'm watching it live and Biden says something about smart enough. And Trump kind of gives him like the one eye over, kind of looked like Dwayne Johnson over at him mm-hmm. and was like, did you say smart? Don't you ever use smart with me. Would you what you don't even remember what college you went to? Would you graduate bottom of your class? <laughs> but again, that that's funny to us. But does that represent the quality that you want in a president? Not at all. I mean, it makes our country look like shit. It kind of does, and that's why my erections are fucking ruined this week. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, for a strong cock, you need a strong America. That's that's been proven. Yeah, I thought his best one liner. Oh, fuck. I don't remember how they got into it. They were talking about shutting down. And uh, Trump said something like, yeah, he wants to shut down the country. That's what he wants to do. And Biden started saying something as Trump was talking. He's like, excuse me, Joe, let me shut you down for a second. I thought that was the smoothest <laughs> one because the way he said it was it was, it was was good. It was a good – but it wasn't too – like it showed dominance, but it wasn't like so over the top that it – there was a level of like uh, skill or yeah, class to that's, it. That's how I feel. Like I feel like the don't you ever mention smart speech. I feel like that's too over the top. I feel like that's almost like so over the top that you're trying to cover for the fact that maybe you don't really believe that. You know, it's almost yeah. like when somebody resorts to like, you know what, fuck you. It's like you've run out of things to say in a way. Yeah, know. then what do they come back with? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, at that point it just devolves the entire conversation, which was kind of the point of the whole debate or not the point, but – yeah, I mean, I think he really – Trump really hurt himself with that. I mean, a lot of people already don't like the fact that he's on Twitter. I, I personally don't like that either. I think it's fucking stupid. If he wants to inform us on things, but don't be talking about how proud – or people who don't traditionally like you, how much they liked something you did. You know what that fucking sounds like? I mean, that's the most conceited bullshit that you can hear, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, to, I, to talk about how pe- impressed people were with you, come on. When you when you have an opinion the, the way that he does it, to where it's not just that he has an opinion, it's that he wants to, let's say, crush his enemies. Well, you're running in a country of people that agree with you and disagree with you. So your enemies or his quote-unquote enemies are basically the same people that you're governing. You shouldn't be trying to crush those people. You should be trying to build those people up. You know what I'm saying? But at the same time, I can understand his sentiment because ever since he's been president, all people have done is shit on him constantly. But again, he kind of brings that on himself because, you know, he does he does something and then 
obviously, you know, then there's like a reaction to it, right? So, yeah, I don't know why he even wants another term. That was the first thing I said is I, after COVID and all this happened, I'm like, why would he run again? He's a billionaire. He's got all this other shit going for him. He's only got how many years left in his life? And he wants to spend four years in the most stressful job you can think about? Yeah, unless uh, the COVID takes him down on it, you know, first. I I strongly doubt that the COVID is going to kill him. I don't think so either. He's a healthy person. COVID doesn't kill healthy people. Okay, I, I would disagree that he's a healthy person, but... I still don't think that he's going, you know, to to succumb to COVID. I mean, just on percentages, it's highly unlikely. Right. Yeah, I agree. The percentage, you know, the I think the chances of him dying are extremely low, even for his BMI, his age, you know, all, let's say all the factors or whatever. Yeah. Plus, I mean, they might be doing blood transfusions right now to, like, give him, like, some of the plasma that, of somebody that has already had the disease and gotten over it. Hmm. It was one of the therapies they can do. So I'm sure they're not taking any chances. You know, all the elites, they're probably drinking the blood of children anyway. <laughs> Dude, that's the second time I've heard that. Where did you get that from? I think it was Alex Jones or somebody. Yes. My, okay, my brother told me the same thing yesterday. He's like, it sounds crazy, but that, shit, that shit's happening, man. And I'm like, I don't know. You know? I mean, how do you know it's happening? I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, just because Alex Jones has been right on other things, everything he says is gospel. I don't Every, believe everybody, that. Everybody, everybody's going to be right once in a while. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. could just say anything. And, yeah. I mean, like back in the day, they could have said, "Oh, we're going to go." You know, two hundred years ago, they could have said, "We're going to go to the moon." People are like, "This motherfucker." <laughs> That's true. <laughs> He's like, "No." Within like a couple hundred years, and they're like, "Seriously, somebody just kicked this guy out of the town." I think you're in a pretty good position anytime you make a statement of something that could happen in the future, because a lot of things are going to be possible in the future. Time travel could be possible in the future. Yeah. You know, I mean, that seems far fetched now, but you could make that statement. You know, two hundred years from now, I think we're going to be traveling through time. Yeah, I mean, I saw this uh, YouTube video the other day that was this guy's take on these ICBMs or the equivalent of ICBMs that were launched that didn't go, like, up. They went more sideways, like a curve shape, and then he claims you can see them break space-time. What? Like, it creates, like, this big, like, warped thing around behind them, and then that's gone. Dude, yeah, I don't don't know what the fuck that is. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, he's like... (laughs) And then he gets to this spot, and my my head was almost like, all right. I, and I I wanted to, I like think I wrote it off at that point, but he's like, we've entered the t- twilight zone. He said it's something like that, you know. <laughs> I'll I'll find the video and send it to you. It's comical. I think if you say anything with enough confidence, people will believe you. And again, this is where I think that I think is Trump's biggest skill, his biggest asset is he says things with confidence. And if you really dig into what he says, a lot of what he says, you know, based on fact-checking and things like that, turn out not to be true. One of the things after the debate was he said that, oh, the Portland police officer or whatever, police chief, supports me. And then later that night I checked my phone, and there was a quote by that guy. He's like, I absolutely do not support Donald Trump. You know, I mean. Yeah. But, it okay, maybe he doesn't support him for president, but did the quote say that he supported his idea that we needed to get the chaos and the the rioting and shit yeah, under maybe. control every night. Maybe I mean, I think that's what he was referring to in that part of it. I'm not, I'm not trying to defend him. I'm just – But I, I think that's, I, am, but. I think that's the, uh, the advantage that Trump has because when we rationalize what he says, because he says it with such confidence, and 
that's where the term con man comes from. Sure. Is they say things with confidence. And I think a lot of people rationalize the things that he says in whatever way they want to because of the way he says things. I just think he's not very good at getting what he thinks across. You know what I mean? He I, leaves a lot out. He just he, – he gets on to the, you know, the big words that he – the big uh, phrases he's known for, like this is big or this is whatever. And he's just like – he's not articulate enough. I thought that he did a good job of bringing up some good points. I like the idea of law and order. I, I don't know why that is such a – like a toxic thing that we have to tiptoe around on the Democratic side, right? I like the idea of law and order. I realize that it's somewhere along the line we have created this idea that, that police officers are bad. I mean, very few police officers are bad. I, Joe Biden did say that, but to sit there and just, like, let a city devolve into chaos where we have blocks of shit just, like, quarantined off where people are trying to start their own community or whatever the fuck they're doing, what the fuck are we doing? No, we can't do that. Well, go, go back to what you said about you liking law and order. Why do you like that? I like the idea of the things that I've accumulated and the things I want to protect, having something other than myself, you know, protecting them. I like there to be consequences. I don't want somebody to just be able to come in and take my shit. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I look at it like it's a, it's a safety factor, right? And I do all the right things that I'm supposed to do. And... For that, you know, paying taxes, all your fees on everything, your license plates, all shit like that. Yeah. It's the government's response. Like, we're giving up freedom. You can't just put a boat on the lake and go do whatever you want, right? That That's true freedom. We give up all that so that they keep us safe. Yeah. And when you see that kind of shit, they're not holding up that part of the deal. Period. Yeah. I, I would be, I would definitely be pissed. I'd be suing the city of Portland if they allowed, you know, if if they allowed the city to or they allowed people to annex a part of our city, I would be suing the fuck out of them, especially if they fucked my business up or something. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a a thing the other day I was thinking about, and I said, you know, what if what if people protesters and shit come, have flaming torches and shit and come down our driveway? How do we handle that? Are you gonna shoot them? Not necessarily. And I might show them I'm armed and, that, and tell them <laughs> oh, to like fucking leave. Oh, like that fucking rich couple? Where were they at? North Carolina or where yeah. the fuck that was? Run up, get done up. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're in a community where we don't have to deal with a lot of that stuff. The people that are in these communities where the law and order sort of devolves, I mean, the law and order, for what they do, it doesn't help them. You have to have – that's another thing. You have to have enough opportunities for people so that – they have a way out besides crime because if your only way to survive is to resort to like selling drugs or, you know, committing some sort of crime or, you know, that's some way that you subsidize your lifestyle, then yeah, you're going to be against law and order because that's against your livelihood in a sense. Sure. So yeah, the, the one, the other thing I think about, you know, if I'm just sitting here at home alone and people come, come into our driveway and start uh, making noise and shit. I can put up with that. The The big thing that pops into my head is when my kid's in the other room sleeping. I'm not going to let her be fucking terrified by whatever these people are trying to sell. 
I don't that I don't agree with, and that that's not acceptable to me. Yeah. That's that's why I'm going to probably act in some way, whether it's fire warning shots. I don't know, but you then think- what I worry about is I'm how am I going to be persecuted in court for whatever the fuck I do? Sure. Now I have another way that you can maybe solve the problem with in a nonviolent way. Um, do you remember those videos where people would go up to another person on the street and they would try to fight them? And then they would start to take all their clothes off. You could maybe try that. It seems to be a, a deterrent. So I'm just going to get completely naked and run outside. Yeah, I think that would. I think that would do it. Maybe I'll just put like my keys on my dick. Yeah. That way I don't get locked out. Now, in my personal life, I haven't seen. I guess I have seen some protests like locally, but they were largely symbolic. Do you think that this is? First of all, do you think it's a problem? And do you think it's something that? needs to be addressed by the next president. I don't think protests themselves are a problem. Okay? But when the protests involve breaking the law, the First Amendment is not uh, go hand-in-hand with breaking laws, right? So if you do a protest during hours that you can be loud, like we, like there's an ordinance where we live. Yeah. Okay? You can't make X amount of noise after 9 p.m., 8 p.m., something like that. Okay? That's a law. You can't fucking block Tell that to traffic. Tell well, <laughs> that's your fault. <laughs> You're the one making her scream, okay? Well, they usually say, like, help and stuff. <laughs> but, no, the, it comes down to you can't block the street. You can't destroy businesses. Sure. You can't inhibit a business from doing their job, like getting people in their store, right? But if you can set up in a park and you can or, – or, you know, in a plaza or something where you're not – you're not messing. I mean, these people are paying taxes. Yeah. They're doing all the things that they should. They should not be infringed upon, and because you're trying to push an agenda. Sure. I don't. I just don't think that part of it's right. But if you want to hold up signs and chant on the sidewalk and that, and people can still pass on the sidewalk, and you're not in the fucking road. Do it. Right. Yeah, I, I think we've gotten to a point where, in some cases, we're afraid to do anything because it's going to lead to more rioting or whatever. Yeah. But but to me, that's an economic problem, plain and simple. It, if people had opportunity, if they had uh, jobs, they wouldn't do that stuff. And then you, then you come into the, you know, you come head to head with, uh, is it the fact that they don't want to work or is it the fact that they don't have the opportunity to work? It's hard to say, but a lot of, a lot of the economic issues – that I think you're referring to, and this isn't like a, a certainty, but a lot of the really poor communities in that, they're democratically run. Mm-hmm. So why is that? The Democrats are the ones who are trying to make things better for the lower class, and why are they not doing it? Like Baltimore, for example, mm-hmm. or Chicago. What's the deal? They're the ones selling. I, what I think it is, and I could be wrong. This is just something I thought of on my own. Nothing to support it necessarily. But if you, if I'm talk, if I'm trying to get Justin's vote, and you're a poor man, you feel like you're oppressed, right? I'm gonna pull that heartstring. I'm gonna tell you how I'm in your corner, and I'm gonna try to get elected or reelected. Sure. Now, if if all of a sudden you're not oppressed, and you become educated, how? Uh, what am I going to pull on then? You can actually look at two candidates and see who actually, like, I'm not saying the right has the best interest, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm saying if 
that seems to be something on the left or the Democrats seem to really harp on is that, you know, we're going to help the low, we're going to help the poor, Medicaid, all this stuff, right? But if they actually make a change, how, and these people become educated, not saying that all the people on the Democratic side are not smart or anything like that by any means, but I'm saying those ones that they get every time, if they are no longer oppressed, what do they have to gain as a, as a, uh, as a political party? Yeah, I, I don't know. That that might be a good point. I still feel like uh, there's always going to be problems that need to be solved to some extent. As somebody who leans more liberally, I don't think it's necessarily the, the government's job to solve those problems. But I think it is, in my opinion, the government's job to make sure that there is a, a floor, let's say, to where, okay, we're going to at least put a floor underneath people so that when they fall, when they fall on hard times or whatever, they don't become completely destitute, right? And we, we have a lot of those uh, programs in place right now. We have like uh, Medicare and Medicaid, and that's what Social Security is. But the problem is, is in some cases, I think that floor is too high. In some cases, I think the floor is too low. So, yeah, I mean, I de- I definitely don't have the answers that that could fix what's going on, and I my heart goes out to those people who are in communities that are impoverished. You know, I don't. I'm so grateful for all the things I have, and I wish everyone could have them. Mm-hmm. So, I, the last thing I was saying was not uh, from a place of disrespect or. Not that I don't care. I just I don't know what the answer is. And when you look at towns like Balt or cities like Baltimore and some other areas that are there's so much crime and and poverty, and it's been a you know a city that's been run by the the same party for a long time. I I wish those people would find a change. Yeah. Just to try something different. I'm not saying the Republic Party is the answer or Republicans. I I just wish they'd find something. Or we'd find something as a country we could all agree on. Yeah. Maybe there is something to it. Maybe that you know, in a in a city that's failing, having a democratic run government, it, it may prevent certain businesses or whatever from wanting to enter that city. Maybe there's higher taxes or something like that. So maybe when you want something to initially grow, you know, you want taxes to be lower to sort of attract those businesses or whatever. But as the city matures, you know, maybe then, and you have a lot of money, maybe then you want to sort of look at, okay, where are some things that we could improve upon that the free market isn't necessarily catching all the people that are uh, fallen by the wayside. Although, Maybe that isn't the way. Maybe you need people that are going to be failures, you know. Maybe some people just, they don't want to do anything. Right. I know that that's the other side of the argument, and I don't have the answer either to that. Another thing that I've heard that I thought was really interesting is that businesses and companies, they look at crime data. Mm -hmm. They look at uh, businesses around. They're not going to come in and build a new, I don't know, 
fucking store. I can't think of a store that would make sense. It's like expanding. But I'm guessing they're not going to like put a Chick-fil-A yeah. in a super, super um, high crime neighborhood. I just, I can't see that happening. Be a bad investment. Yeah, yeah, I can understand that. So, you know, that going back to the law and order, I think that plays a part too in, uh, you know, these cities' poverty. I think they kind of go hand in hand. So then, okay, so let's let's try to deconstruct this. So you have an area that's high crime, and businesses have stayed away from that area. So the people that live there, they don't have, like, number one, they don't have resources, and then they don't have businesses. So how do they... How do they go to their job? You know, you have public transportation, which I, to me, I think a lot of people would agree. Okay, pu- public transportation—that's a good thing. You know, having a bus service, but it does make it that much harder. And then that's how you see like the death spiral. It makes it that much harder for people to uh, maybe go to a job because the jobs now are far away because you live in this island where there's kind of nothing there. So your job is now ten miles away. Well, that requires walking a mile, getting on a bus, and then the bus doesn't drop you right off at your job. Maybe it drops you off like a couple blocks away, so now you have to walk on like another quarter of a mile. So there's all these obstacles in the way of somebody making it at that point. It makes it a lot harder. And not only that, it's already hard because you're it's harder to make it when you're poor. You know, So not only are you trying to make it when you're poor, you're trying to make it poor and you know these, these other factors on top of that. And so, to me, that's what I think the anxiety, that's where I think it comes from, is not just being poor, but but being poor and just not having the uh, the structure, I guess. I think you just got to go far enough back. I think you got you to gotta peel apart history and say, you know, why did people start moving to the suburbs? Mm-hmm. When, when, when did that start and why did it start? Right. And then... Who started living in the areas that were closer to the middle of the city, like the original city, mm-hmm. the older buildings? They're super close together. You know, back then they didn't have when they were building cities. You know, they didn't have cars. It was horse and buggy, or sure. everyone walked everywhere. Right. So they put the, everything super tight. Everything was close. You know, you didn't you didn't commute ten miles to work. Mm-hmm. You commuted a mile, maybe or whatever it might have been. I'm not sure exactly, but it's just you gotta. I think. You got to get a group of people together who are open-minded, couple on the, you know, that are middle left, middle right, and you got to get some historians or somebody that can tell them the whole story. Because if you don't know how we got here, how are you going to figure out what the root cause is? I think I think what's going to fix it is self-driving cars. That is my theory. I think the fleet idea that I've heard you talk about, you know, where these self-driving cars are just picking people up and doing things, I think that'll be big. Yeah. And yeah, that, you can just get picked up at your house, right? And they might even have it to, to where it's so cheap. And I think a lot of people are going to think this is far-fetched. But if a vehicle made can run a million miles, which is what Elon Musk wants to do. He wants to make a, a Tesla that will go for a million miles without really needing too much maintenance. Then every mile that that vehicle travels, if it's made cheaply enough, is just a couple of cents per mile. You could literally pay for your commute by watching ads. So if you have somebody from a poor neighborhood that doesn't have the opportunity to go to a job, right, now they can commute basically for free 
you know, from their home, you know, from their front porch or wherever they live to their business without having the, you know, it takes away those extra obstacles. That's why I know we talk a lot about like, uh, like poor people. And when I say we, I mean like politicians, but that's why I think that the biggest change, like step change in the way that this country operates is going to be self-driving cars. It's going to change opportunities for people. I actually talked about self-driving cars in that little monologue or whatever that I did last night. Nice. <laughs> it's funny. Yeah, I'm not going to get into it. You, I you fucking can I can't wait it. for that shit to happen, man. I I mean, I don't know. I I view driving as a chore now. I mean, I enjoy it sometimes, but it would be nice like going into work at you know five in the morning. I would to like just that. not have to pay attention. You know how awesome just be eat if breakfast you just... or something. What if you could just tell your car, hey, drive me around while I sleep? Have you ever napped? Like, I'm not real good at it, but I have. So we, when I was a kid, we would go on vacation, and we had a big-ass Ford van. And back then, the van's like, the area in the back was fucking huge. It was like, you had three rows, and then you had like room for like two more fucking rows behind that, but there was just nothing there. So we would have sleeping bags back there, and I would sleep on vacations. And that, to me, was like some of the best naps I've ever taken. I like that idea of moving, you know, while uh, but staying still at the same time and sleeping. Yeah, I mean, the car makes a lot of people uh, drowsy. It's it's a comp like my I remember when my brother I don't know if he had his learner's permit or had his license, but he drove my dad up to their his place in Coldwater, Michigan. Yeah, and my brother was driving, and fucking fell asleep. He did what your dad do, but he was like, "Hey, motherfucker, wake up!" I've done that one time. And that was actually sort of my job. I was in college, and I worked at a car dealership. I was a porter is what they call them. I don't know if you know what that is, but they basically just, like, park the cars after people go on test drives. And then there's something called dealer trades, which I used to love doing, where we would trade a car with another, you know, company. So somebody won a car in a certain color, and we didn't have it, so we'd have to go get it. Well, I would always just, you know, disclaimer, I would beat the fuck out of those cars every fucking time. You gotta be like, oh, let's see how fast this 138 horsepower Civic will accelerate. It's fucking nothing. I mean, it took forever, but it was you did it. Do you remember the original Honda Insight? I do not. It, it was a two door car. It was a two seater car. It looked like a CRX a little bit. It was like a like a hatchback. And that car got I don't know. I want to say like 61 or 62 miles per gallon. Like it was ridiculously efficient. Hmm. I mean, for the time, that was by far the most efficient car. It was way more efficient than like the Prius. That had come out around a similar time. My buddy and I beat on that car so bad that we got it down to like 11 miles per gallon because it had like the little gas. That's impressive. It was fucking amazing, man. We would just, everywhere we'd go, we would accelerate as hard as we could and then slam on the brakes and then accelerate. And by the time we got down to 11, it was like, it was so hard to keep it under 11. We would have to go in like reverse everywhere. Just hold your foot on the brake while you accelerate. (laughs) Yeah, it was. Or just let it sit there. And, well, I don't even think it would idle. That foot to brake thing. I don't know why. Just being a young punk kid or whatever. Like one of the first cars I had was a 1992 Dodge Dynasty. And it was like loaded out. It was my grandma's car. She like bought it when she retired from Chrysler. And uh, I remember one time. I don't know why even. There's like, you know, you're just a young fucking kid doing dumb shit, right? 17 years old. And I leave the YMCA, which is like four miles from my parents' house. And I just stood on the gas, like you said, stood on yeah. it, st- just the last second, stood on the brakes. Dude, I got, 
I pulled into my parents' driveway and about took their fence out that goes to the backyard because my brakes were fucking glowing. They were not what? working. Yes, they were so fucking. Why does it, why don't they work when they're fucking hot? Uh, what, my understanding is that the brake pads, the materials that they're made off of, uh, put off gases when they get really hot. Oh. So that's why they make uh, drilled uh, brake rotors and yeah. slotted brake rotors. So yeah. what you'll do is you'll get a gas bubble between the two surfaces. And it can't squeeze. It can't make contact. It's called brake fade. Okay. But, yeah, it's pretty interesting. That's why drilled and slotted brake rotors are the shit. Well, now I know. Jeez, I never knew that. I knew drilled and slotted brake rotors were something. Yeah, you can smash on them, smash on them, smash on them, and you you don't get the fade until long. If you do it long enough, you probably still get it, but... So getting back to politics, which I've realized that I fucking suck at talking about because I really don't care anymore. Can you pass me that can? Yeah. Uh, Rip. Fuck, I had a fucking point that I was You said to. getting back to politics, that's something I'm bad at talking about. Personally, when I watched the debate, I wanted to see Joe Biden fuck up because I just thought that's what he was going to do, right? And he kind of did. I mean, he, he does have a hard time with words. I know that he had uh, a stutter, some sort of speech impediment when he was a kid. And I want to see Trump act crazy. And what I saw was Trump act crazy as shit. And I saw Joe Biden... He was kind of boring. He kept his composure pretty yeah. well. I, I think considering. I think for a lot of people, and I'm not saying for me, but I think for a lot of people that won them over, right, that Joe Biden wasn't as bad as people thought he would be. You think they pumped him full of amphetamines? <laughs> I mean, I, it doesn't seem like they did, but. I don't maybe. know. A lot of practice, maybe, yeah. over the last week. I know that was like a rumor and shit that was going around. You know, maybe they fucking did. I, I remember... There was a, a controversy with Trump during his debates with Hillary because he kept sniffling all the time that he was on cocaine. You remember that? <laughs> yeah, you told me about it a couple weeks ago. Did, oh, maybe we did talk about it. But whatever. I mean, honestly, I don't care. I feel like cocaine is probably a, a performance enhancer for, like, mental tasks. I mean, it gives you confidence from what I hear. I've never tried it, but. I've never tried it either. It seems amazing. A lot of people on Wall Street do it. They're doing really well. So My issue would be, I think, is I probably wouldn't want to stop trying it. I think the the president should be on a steady drip of cocaine. He's got a lot of responsibilities, yeah. you know. And then as soon as he's done with his job, heroin to put him to sleep. You know, just uppers. <laughs> that way he can go to bed. All day. Yeah, he needs rest. I'm it, sure they give him something. It's probably something that we don't even know about. It's probably yeah. like the uh, like the stuff they give um, uh, aviation uh, combat pilots. They give those dudes go pills or whatever, right? It's not like – it's some form of amphetamine. It's not necessarily like – meth but it's yeah. probably like a mix of like an an adderall, adderall and something is, yeah. else you know yeah but they give them something else i i don't remember what it's called but that's like still a comp like they, we still do that in 2020 like there was a while ago that it was like frowned upon because there was like some incidents and these guys had been up for like fucking three days and what was the incident on edge like no they blew something up they shouldn't have or that's gonna happen whether you're on amphetamines or not Probably. I mean, just the law human, of averages. You know, human error, yeah. Fuck something up at some point. Yeah. But what, what were we talking about before the... Uh, oh, did you happen to see... So I noticed this, and then I saw there was a, a news outlets drawing attention to it, and I didn't want to look into it for probably like the same reasons you were talking about. I didn't want somebody's agenda. Joe Biden had something inside of his left wrist. Did he? That I saw during the debate, and it just looked like a little, like, uh, 
it looked like if you had the tip of a pen sitting parallel to your wrist. Yeah. And it would have been like about the end of it would have been about like where your watch is at. Okay. And I'm like, what the fuck is that? I didn't notice. I, I mean, watched it on my phone, so maybe I couldn't oh, even see it. You might, and you might not. Like, I mean, I'm watching on a maybe that's giant where his TV. Web shooter is because he's Peter Parker. No, I'm just like trying to think. Like, I'm trying to theorize without looking into what people think it is. Yeah. I'm like, I wonder if like when he gets off topic, if they just give him a little zap. <laughs> I mean, couldn't they just attach that to his nipples under his shirt? Does it have to be right at his wrist? <laughs> I mean, I guess they fucking could. <laughs> Put it right on his ball sack. That would keep me. That would straighten me out real quick. I mean, they don't want him to flinch. Yeah, <laughs> they want him to, uh, you know, like fucking move. To where it's like <laughs> this guy's kind of having like a half seizure every time he yeah, goes sure. off track. So I think on the wrist is probably like subtle enough <laughs> that you just kind of like pick your hand up. Yeah. What would what would the body movement look like if you put one of those on his ball sack? Do like a full squat. That was it, dude. This guy's limber, man. He's 78, but he's fucking moving around. I will say Biden looks a lot better in a suit than Trump. And it's because he's a thin old man. Yeah, he's... Like, bigger guys don't necessarily look good in suits. Like, Dwayne Dwayne the Rock Johnson is probably the exception because he's fucking a gladiator. Well, maybe, like, fat guys with big guts don't look good in suits. I'm just saying, like, my gut isn't fucking huge, but my head looks fucking disproportionate when I put a, sh- a suit on. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like, it makes your whole body wider. Right. Well, that's like the old school suits. I mean, you need like a like a slimming modern suit. I don't know. I mean, yeah, it makes sense, right? When yeah. suits were around, people didn't work out. People were small, smaller than they are now. Yeah. They weren't eating a bunch of GMO. <laughs> yeah, they weren't eating GMO in like ridiculous quantities. Right. I mean, the amount of food that we eat in this country is fucking disgusting. It's fucking so good, though. You know, it's it tastes like, every bit of it is a, is a fucking adventure. Just, That's my drug. That's my drug right now is food. Yeah, and decaffeinated coffee. Yeah, but I'm proud of you on that one. You look. You said you're sleeping better. Yeah, I mean, I'm sleeping what, better. That's what it comes down to. Decaffeinated coffee has some caffeine in it, which is that's my understanding, anyways. I don't think it's completely free of caffeine. So I'm, I'm sure up, there's trace amounts. I'm up to two pots of decaffeinated coffee a day. It's going to become. Like seven pots of fucking decaffeinated coffee. I don't think it's. I think it, at first it was doing what it was intended to do because I was actually suppressing the amount of caffeine that I was taking in. Now it's. I'm going the other direction, so I need to do something else. But I can't without bringing in another dopamine fix yep. from somewhere else. But I don't think you're getting a dopamine. Maybe you are. No, I think like caffeine. I think I'm addicted to it. I think there's a, like a dopamine but response. At this point, it might just be a habit. Because I, I don't think they're – we'll have to look into it and uh, get back with it on Jamie, the next episode. Oh, no, he's not here. <laughs> yeah, we need a we need a one-handed Googler yeah, to I figure mean, out how much caffeine is uncaffeinated coffee because I can't imagine that the – I mean, your body um, – I think the reason caffeine's addictive is it's got like a short half-life. That's what, the way most things are addictive in the body, oh, right? Oh, sure, yeah. So they leave just as fast as they come in, opiates – uh, Xanax. That's why it's a high level of dependency. And I'm guessing that it's similar for caffeine. So if there's trace amounts and you're slowly drinking two pots throughout the day, I wouldn't think it would ever build to a level. I think your body, um, your metabolism takes care of it. Oh, I don't have a metabolism anymore. Yeah, you do. That went away after the caffeine fucking 
Stop. That was my metabolism. You were just sweating all day. It was day. like, oh, my God, I feel like I've ran a marathon. Well, it's because my heart's at 160 beats per minute from all the caffeine. Now yeah. it's not. 160 beats a minute for like eight hours. It's oh, great. Yeah. That's like getting in the sauna. That's why the sauna burns so many calories. Your heart starts beating fast to pump blood around and cool you off. So that's what I need to do is get a sauna. Dude, I've, I've been wanting to get one for a while. I think this winter I'm going to do it. You know, you know what I just realized? I mean, how many fucking... How how many ideas have we come up with to burn fat or whatever without actually doing anything? I mean, a sauna. I'm not I'm not knocking the sauna. But idea. I think it's good for your skin and things too. It, it might you know be I mean? to like kind of get get rid of all the toxins and whatnot. But I feel like a lot of people are constantly looking for the new thing that like all right, you know, yeah, a sauna that actually gets your heart rate up, so it it helps with your metabolism and stuff like that. And it's like. Yeah, but does it? Because I think it's a placebo effect because people will start doing that shit and be like, yeah, I'm doing something. They get that feel-good feeling. But let me ask you, have you ever sat in a sauna at 185 degrees for 30 minutes? No. It's not like an easy thing. No, it sounds awful. It's fucking hard. Like you have to tell yourself, I'm not getting out. Like there's a level of discipline and staying in for a half hour. Yeah, I I would feel like I was going to die. You do. It doesn't sound, yeah. But it's like, it's a, it builds a mental toughness. So I think anything that's, not anything, but if it's capable of building like a mental toughness and it's hard to do, it makes sense that you burn calories. Yeah. Like your, your body is fighting to cool down. Well, I burned a shitload of calories then yesterday when I got fucking those lumps lopped off my head. How, how'd they go? Is it hurting Dude, it was, it was, it. Do you want to talk about what it was or what? Yeah, it was just, uh, they're, they're common. They're called pillar cysts. They pulled them out, they showed them to me, and they look like chickpeas. Uh, so, I mean, they weren't very big? No, I, but it didn't seem like they were that big when they were in there. And then when they pulled them out, it seemed like they were bigger than what they felt like. Huh. So, the, so I, they were sitting between, like, your skull and the skin? Yeah, and to me, it's like, well, how, how thick is the skin on your skull? Because hmm. it must be somewhat thick. I mean, a I mean, lot maybe of that the, was, Maybe the pressure of your skin and the skull just kind of, like, flattened them out some? That that could be, too. I, I wondered that, actually. Did they maybe, are they squishy? I don't know. I didn't Somewhat. get to play with them. Oh, damn it. <laughs> you know, I, was under, I, was, I was under the fucking knife. and So I, I have a problem with needles. I don't like them. And I think most people don't really like needles. Now, you've got tattoos, though. That's that's a little bit different, though. I, I've i had this conversation before with people. It's like I don't necessarily like getting my blood drawn, mm-hmm. but they're showing me an inch and a half worth of needle that's yeah. sticking out. Like The only thing I can picture is that thing like breaking off. Yeah. In my skin and being stuck in there. Yeah, that, that is really When you're getting oh, tattooed, God. it's only hanging out like a third of an inch maybe. And, yeah, and, and I've always thought the same thing. Like, okay, yeah, there is, there's definitely a mental component to it, and I think that's part of it. And I don't know why you had to bring up a fucking needle breaking off in my skin. So I don't, I, now there, I can think about that the next time I go to get blood drawn. Well, then you have to ask yourself, is your skin stronger than stainless steel? No, it's not. <laughs> so it's a very irrational thought that I have. Yeah, it's there's a lot of irrational aspects to it i my fear of needles i've always sort of had one right no i mean nobody i think i think that's a normal biological response to not want somebody to put a foreign object in your body unless it's like for some weird sexual thing but we'll leave that to the side for now sure you know it it seems appropriate that you would have a strong resistance to wanting that to happen because for evolutionary purposes you don't want fucking you know obviously that's you don't want to be punctured exactly So fast forward to when I'm an adult, I get my job, and part of the job is they have to take, you know, they have to draw blood to make sure whatever you're healthy before they take you on as an employee 
or maybe it was to check for drugs. I don't really remember. The nurse that did it is used to, you know, sticking needles in the I don't want to be too derogatory here, but the people that we work with are there's a lot of bigger people. You're vascular. You can see your veins. Yeah. In a heavy set person, you cannot. I'm I'm very wiry. Some of these other people are very husky. So she's probably used to putting that motherfucker through a little bit more meat or whatever to to find the vein. She comes to me and I shit you not, man, it I didn't look at it, but it felt like she stuck all one and a half inches in me and it fucking hurt. I mean, I had a bruise probably the size of a baseball on my forearm just from one needle, which to me doesn't seem like uh, that's normal. Yeah. Ever since then, I've had this weird aversion to needles. So fast forward to when I get my surgery, I'm I'm definitely uneasy about it. But I know I got to get it done because I want to get it done. And I was proud of myself because I didn't you know, recruit somebody like my ex-wife offered to go with me. I, I don't think it's a good idea to do things like that. You know, I don't – I like the separation between us. I don't want to be like, yeah, you know, anytime I have surgery now, I have this comforting, you know, presence of my ex-wife. I didn't want that. So I went on my own. I was proud about that. Uh, I knew they were going to have to stick, you know, a general anesthetic in my fucking – you know, needle in my fucking head, which, again, that's a weird feeling because it's a long fucking needle, like you said, and I don't know how much skin is between your skull and your head. I could actually hear it or feel it scraping against the bone in my skull. They're putting it, but it didn't hurt. Right. I mean, it hurt a little bit. The, the uncomfortableness comes from, I don't want to move around, like, while the needle's inside you, and have it bend, or whatever you said, break off. Now I got, you know, a centimeter of stainless steel stuck in my fucking head. Like, that sounds awful. Yeah, I mean, our, our thought process on it is what makes it worse. The yeah. fact that your whole body... That's all it was. Absolutely. Your whole body was probably super tense, oh, right? Because definitely. you don't want to move. So that right there creates an uncomfortable... Look, I mean, we move as people. Yeah. Even when we sleep, most people don't sleep fucking still. We move around. So the idea that you're thinking, like, can I breathe normal? Is does is my breathing going to move my fucking head around? That, again, that's another... That's a good point. It, it feels extra weird... To be completely still and try to be completely relaxed when somebody's doing something like cutting your fucking head open. They're different things. Yeah. And you're in a foreign place. Yeah. You're in a room you're not comfortable with. Oh, now, yeah. if somebody said, you know, Justin, sit in your favorite chair at your house and don't move a muscle, you'd probably achieve that pretty easily. Dude, I do it every day. And if they come from behind you with the needle and you don't have to see the needle beforehand, you could probably, you probably would have saved yourself a lot of stress. You know what I, I thought about? I thought if one of my friends was a doctor, they could come in and just do this shit, and I could, you know, they could just make me feel at home because they could be, hey, stop being such a fucking pussy, right? And it would just, yeah, you'd laugh, and it would go. Yeah, you know. and then it would be like, all right, motherfucker, just do it. And I would act like a bitch like I did yesterday a little bit, and uh, it would be fine, though, because. But now the next time, well, I'm not saying there will be a next time, but the next time you have to have something done, just reference back to that. Was it really that bad? Well, I, I didn't get to the worst part yet. So when they, okay. after they, they probably had to stick me, I would say like eight times with the needle. I mean, he, he's like, dude, you got a whole bunch of shit in your head. And I was like, all right, that's cool. And I could feel when they started to cut into me, not the actual pain of it. I could just, just I noticed, yeah, the yeah. pressure, whatever that it was happening. And that's when I started to pass out a little bit. Like it went, it went black. Okay. The adrenaline was pumping. 
you know, it was just uh, such a weird feeling. I think my body recognized that, all right, you know, they're, they're cutting you open. Like, what are you going to do about it, motherfucker? And, you know, you have to tell yourself. You I was trying to leave. protect yourself. Yeah. And I wanted to pass out so bad so that I could just, like, hopefully wake up when it was just over. Like, that would have been great, but I didn't. <laughs> it wasn't too bad. It really wasn't. It, it's just, yeah, it's such a fucking weird feeling. Yeah, one of the weirdest weirdest uh, procedures I had done is there was a, for whatever reason, I, I've, my whole life I, on my big toes I've been prone to ingrown toenails, okay? Oh, that sucks. And they hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah. And if you don't, like, stay on top of them and, like, wearing work boots or whatever, you know, wearing boots all the time, they'll, like, they get infected because they cut into your foot. So I finally went to, like, a... Like one time, and the doctor actually said he was impressed about this, but I took care of it myself. I, I cut all the the nail out that was down in my skin and pulled it out like all the way to the base. Yeah. I just sanitized everything and did it and cleaned it out real good and yeah. it didn't get infected. And the doctor's like, who did this? I'm like, I did. He's like, to yourself? I'm like, yeah. He's like, you did a pretty fucking good job. That's crazy. He's like, he's like, where did you do this? I'm like, in my living room with pliers. And a pair and a pair of side cuts, and he's like, "No way!" And I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "He's like, all right, well, stop working on yourself." <laughs> he goes, "Now what I'm going to do is yeah, you're he, fucking with his bottom line at that point, right?" Well, no, he 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 did this procedure where he actually cut uh, my he he sterilized it. I had to get shots in both toes, and he did this procedure where he, they cut down your toenail like from the tip of your toe like straight down to like where the cuticles at. Yeah. And they cut that all out, and then they use, like, a caustic, and they kill that part of the nail. Yeah. So that it can't grow to the edges. And uh, it looked it looked goofy for a little bit, but it, you wouldn't even know now. And uh, I haven't had an issue since. That's awesome. So he, he's actually cut into his own bottom line. I got these procedures done, and I've not had an issue with ingrown toenails in, like, six six or seven years. Wow. Do you think, okay, just riffing off this a little bit, do you think the, part of the aspect of it that fucks with you, like you said, you're in a strange place. You have people that you're not familiar with that are fucking with you. I, I don't think the pain aspect of it, I think that's maybe like half of it. I think the other half is just being uncomfortable around other people. I think for me, I think that's part of what it is. I mean, you were willing to cut into your own toe at your house Presumably, you had something to put on it to disinfect it that burnt like hell, right? Yeah, it was hydrogen peroxide and fucking 97% rubbing isopropyl <laughs> alcohol. Hurt like a motherfucker. Yeah, that sounds fucking awful, dude. But bad. at the same time, you took away that element of, all right, at least I'm not like in a strange place and, you know, you have to jump through all these fucking hoops. Like, I had to go get a COVID test to go have my fucking head work done. Yeah. By the way, I'm COVID free, so we're good. <laughs> that was stupid. I don't even think they took that shit seriously, man. You know a procedure that I'm, like, thinking about getting set up right now What's up? that's making me nervous in the similar way to the foot or your head or whatever yeah. is a vasectomy. Yeah. Yeah, that would make me nervous, too. Again, though, the needle does not fucking hurt. Yeah, I mean, and what I hear, have you heard people, like, get knocked out to get vasectomies? Yeah. Like, I'm pretty sure my, I remember my dad got one back in, like, the 90s or some yeah. shit. I don't think they fucking knocked him out for that. I think they just do a local and they fucking cauterize shit down there or what you know. yeah yeah i think normally but you can opt for it they'll knock you out they'll give you the gas too which is nice yeah but then you feel all groggy and i feel like it's i feel like it's cooler to say that ah, i just fucking sat there and they did it 
Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Plus, I'd rather people laugh about my dick, like, in front of me than, like, do it while I'm asleep. Right. Well, they're going to take videos of you while you're sleeping. I'm sure there's a black market for that. Yeah. I mean, some people don't just get off the dick porn now. They have to watch the dick get cut open. And they'll just con- country uh, block it from the U.S., so, like, nobody here will see yeah, you're it. Fine. And it, to find it, you have to get, like, a Jap- Japanese VPN or something. Well, hopefully what they do is they send my dick videos to Asia so it looks really impressive, you know. Because if they send it to, like, somewhere in Africa, I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's not my best my best look over there. Yeah. Plus, it's not tan. Yeah, for sure. Isn't it weird, though, how typically it's, like, more tan than the rest of your body? <laughs> I have freckles on it. Now, I don't know where the sun exposure came from that would give me freckles. Like, I always thought that freckles came from getting, you know, getting sun, right? Sure. Parts of my body. That's never seen the sun. That don't get any sun have way less freckles, you know, like, you know, my my stomach, for example, because I'm always wearing a shirt. But, yeah, fucking, (laughs) there's like three of them on there. I inspected it one day. Nice. That's, That's not unusual. I don't think that's weird. No, fuck no. Yeah, I'm excited. For some reason, like, whenever I have a procedure like that done, something that I'm dreading, that, that procedure is holding back a whole bunch of other shit that I want to do. You know, it's like a log jam. It's like, well, I want to do that next. Yeah, you're, like, fixated on it. Yeah, but then I put it off. So now I want to set up a, uh, a vacation. I want to get my air conditioner fixed. There's just a whole bunch of shit that's like, yeah, fuck yeah, I want to get a new car. Like, I don't know why. Maybe that's just, like, the... Post-operation fucking anxiety, you know, stress relief. Treat treat yourself type thing. Yeah, it really is. Now, have you turned your furnace on yet for the year? No, I haven't. It's gotten cooler. Like in here, I want to say it's, it's hanging out around like 68, 69, but... Yeah, what is the temperature in here? Um, Yours isn't running, I don't think, is it? No, no, I, it, I haven't even turned it on. The AC is still on, but it hasn't been on in like a week. Yeah. I just haven't put it, clicked it to off. Pull it up here real quick. Yeah, like I have it set to 72 at 68. That's one of the neat things about being on the top level. Like, it's neat in the winter. Like, it makes your, your uh, heating costs low yeah. in the winter, but it, my AC runs fucking 24-7 in the summer what, what because are your, the heat. What's your, uh, what are your electric bills? I think the worst one I had wasn't even 200. It was like 150. 150? Yeah. God damn. My, it, well, I don't, like, honestly don't even know what mine are. I thought they were all around 100 bucks. I need to get wind, windows. I think that's one of the big things is these windows are very inefficient. Windows, you could probably put extra insulation in the attic. I don't think there's very good ventilation in the attic, to be honest. I also was thinking, I've seen something on Facebook recently where people do like ductwork cleaning. Yeah. I think I want to get all my ducts cleaned out. I think that would help. Yeah, maybe that it's would. It's probably like a flow efficiency thing where if it could let more cool air through, it would maybe cool faster so it wouldn't have to run. Like, because... I have a I bought a Nest thermostat yeah. and it'll tell me like in the summer there was some times where I was running 19 hours a day. God damn! I mean, on those hot days when we were yeah. in the 90s, yeah, I was running like almost continuously. Another thing was is my um, my unit outside was plugged up, so I cleaned that out. Yeah, that's yeah, a, big, that's a thing. big one. They told me that I have low coolant, so I need to get my basically there's a leak somewhere, so I get got to get my whole fucking thing replaced. Because the coolant that my thing uses is outdated anyways. They don't make it anymore. So mm-hmm. I have to get it like on the black market at this point. It's way too expensive. So it's going to be easier just to fix the whole thing. Heck yeah. Dude, I can't. 
I can't wait to go on a vacation. That's going to feel so fucking weird. I don't even care. You're going to go somewhere tropical? Fuck yeah, I'm going to go somewhere tropical. I want to get the fuck out of here. Especially in the wintertime, that's the best time to get out of here. That is the best. That's like, I was talking to somebody the other day about like living somewhere warm. And they're like, I lived in, I lived in somewhere that didn't have, like, I lived in Arizona, right? Somewhere that didn't have seasons, really. (laughs) It's fucking like summer year round. It's like hot or it's really fucking hot. Yeah. And uh, they made the comment that, like, trust me, you appreciate summer more when you have winter. And that's probably the same thing with, like, going somewhere tropical Mm -hmm. in January, right? It's fucking great. I went to Mexico a few years ago, and it was so much fun. And it was just nice to get away from the cold. It really is, man. When you – so I I did a cruise a couple years ago, and I went from the coldest day that we had in Ohio that year, I think, to South Carolina. So – and it was even cold for South Carolina, I mean, but it wasn't like, obviously, it was way, way warmer than here. When I left, my windshield wiper fluid was completely fucking frozen. I mean, that's how cold it was. And by the time I got down there, it was like 50 degrees. And it was just like, I felt so much happier when I arrived in South Carolina than when I left Ohio. Like, it just felt like there was a sense of almost like dread that I've never felt because I've never had that uh, contrast to where I went from, you know, cold to hot. And that just let me know, like, I don't want to fucking live here my whole life. Yeah, I think one of the worst, you know, sometimes our winters aren't that bad, right? Like, yeah. last winter really wasn't that bad no. as far as cold. But one thing that we do have in this part of the country, it's cloudy a lot. Like, I think I think it would almost be better to live somewhere like Colorado that has crazy fucking winters. But I think they get a lot of sun still. Yeah. I don't think it's constant overcast and gray. I went to Colorado in the winter one time, and it was actually warmer than it was here. I mean, I believe it. Yeah. I, you know, it, it may have just been a one-off. Yeah, I mean. But it was nice. Dude, you, I'll tell you this. You never fucking get tired of looking at mountains. Yeah. That was so fucking, every time I looked up, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, the, I was in Colorado Springs, so it was, I think it was like right at the, kind of like the the base of the Rocky Mountains in a sense, like where they get start to get really big. That's where Pikes Peak is. Okay. All that good stuff. You know, I've still never, I think I stopped in Chicago once on uh, my way out to California to visit my cousin on like a layover. Yeah. But I've never really been in, you know what I mean? I hung out at an airport for like three hours and that was it. I haven't really hung out in Colorado. I think I had a layover in Denver maybe. Honestly, this year would have been the perfect year to go on a vacation like that with your daughter. Just take her to a place like a national park or something because you can't, can't really be around people. You can't be somewhere indoors, but you could probably like rent a cabin by yourself. I really wanted to go to uh, Isle Royal up on Lake Superior. It's the uh, the least visited national park that we have. Oh, really? In this country, yeah. It's, it's hard to get to. It's like a four hour boat ride or oh, five hour ins- boat ride. Yeah. But it's like they have. There's all kinds of cool. There's like moose on the island. It's big. It's uh. There's like packs of wolves and shit. But they have like a hotel. They have like really nice trails that people do like that. Um. That like uh, hiking and like they have like these little cabins along the way that it's like kind of a first come first serve you can you can stay oh you can just like camp out there yeah you probably have to like register or something don't you yeah you mean you might need like a pass or something but you can stay on a first come first serve basis like up to a max number of days they have like fire pits where you can have fires and stuff but it's like rustic you know what I mean there's like no running water you should get one of those books that has all the uh, national parks in it just start checking them off the list yeah that'd be cool. Check them all out. I've been to one, I think, at this point. <laughs> I don't even know if I've been to one. I don't. You know what is uh, we have one in Ohio. Is there is um 
Mount Rushmore National Park? Or is that like a monument? Oh, I don't know. Because I've been there. But yeah. other than that, I don't really remember. It would be fun. That would be fun to go to all the national parks. The Redwood Forest, that's one, isn't it? Yeah. That would be there. cool. You have? No, I, I asked if oh. you did. No, no, I've never been there, but it would be sweet. I think, dude, I think big-ass trees are kind of cool. <laughs> well, those things are like fucking skyscrapers. They're fucking, yeah, they're huge. They're like refinery towers. Yeah. And like a ton of them all together. Yeah. You know, when I uh, when I was trying to build a house a long time ago when I had money and a, and a wife, um, I wanted to plant redwoods in my backyard. But they, they prefer, they prefer uh, warmer weather. But they can grow as long as you keep the roots warm. They can grow in um, cooler climates. And I thought, man, that would be fucking cool. But they got to have a lot of water. So I thought, well, if I if I find a property with a creek on it, I can maybe plant one around the creek bed or whatever and just cover the roots in mulch. Yeah, cover And they'll each, grow like fucking ball. four foot a year. I mean, they grow a lot. Yeah, that would be badass. That would be fucking crazy. Can just do imagine? like a roll of them? Yeah, can you imagine having like... A wall of trees. In 20 years, you'd have all these 100-foot fucking trees or whatever. I don't know how, you know, if they would grow that fast or whatever, but... Yeah, they probably grow slower here, you know, because yeah. it's just a little harsher or whatever, they, but... Yeah, they get a lot of... I don't. You know what, actually, I don't think they would get as tall here because I think they get a lot of their water from the moisture in the air because it's always, like, misty wherever the fuck they're at. Yeah, and I don't think their roots are that substantial. That's what's crazy. That's why I think they fall over all the time. Yeah. But isn't that, like, rocky or something where they're at? Yes. And there's a lot of ash, I think, in the soil. There's a lot of sediment and rocks and stuff the roots don't go deep that's why they need to be like by water or something but i think i just thought that'd be sweet yeah some big ass trees in your yard yeah that's a good idea hitting national parks i have to do how many are there 50 i don't know i think there's probably more than i think some states have more than one i would imagine right but i'm there might be states without any there might be i would think that there if there was a state without one it would be fucking ohio because there's nothing really spectacular here but we do have a national park. Right. I want it. Uh, yeah. That's something I'm going to look into. Maybe we'll talk about it more next episode. Oh, you know what? I've been to Smoky Mountain National Park, too. Okay. You've probably been there. Been I don't through think it. so. I mean, I've driven through the Smoky Mountains a couple times. But you know what? Maybe, maybe we did when... So I took this trip. It was like a long weekend with uh, some old friends where we took the Harleys down to like the Tail of the Dragon, Deals Gap, down in... Uh, Tennessee, Carolina's there, where it's kind of like the connector, and it's that real twisty highway. And we went—I remember we went to some like overlooks and that, but I don't—I don't know if we were ever like driving through national parks or not. It's possible there might be some near there, but they're it, really cool. There's one that's called like the something Skyway, and it feels like it's this fucking road that's like four lanes. It just keeps going up forever. Oh, then yeah. you get like get like towards the top, and they have like all these pull-offs. Yeah, and you're just like. You're so fucking high, and you can see so far That's awesome. like into some of these valleys. It's really that shit cool. gives me vertigo. I don't like driving through the mountains. Because oh. sometimes, like, you're going up and down for so long, you stop realizing which way you're going. That might sound weird. No, but, like, your overall, like, change to sea level, you mean? Yeah, it's sort of like, like, you know kind of when you're going, like, down, down, and when you're going up. But, like, when you're flat, it just, it, it, it it's almost like... When you're walking through a casino and they get a lot of like long sweeping curves, so you sort of get lost in there. You sort of start to lose your sense of what's actually flat, I guess. Yeah. Just like in a casino, you start to lose your sense of direction. Yeah, you kind of lose your bearing. Yeah. That's a fucked up feeling. I drove from here to Pennsylvania one time because I was 
I was actually kind of bummed. My friends and I were supposed to go to Vegas, but then it kind of fell apart. Not at the last minute, but it just sort of fell apart over time. And I was like, well, fuck, I, I, want, I have vacation. I want to go on a vacation. So I was like, I'm just going to fucking drive out east. And I ended up driving through Pennsylvania. And it fucked me up because it, like, it was at 10 o'clock at night, and I'm just driving through the mountains in Pennsylvania, just hoping for a place to stay that wasn't like a complete piece of shit. Yeah. What else you got? Anything? That's our debate analysis <laughs> for the day. We hit on the debate, so we'll, we hit on the debate. We'll put yeah, that I feel in the like tag. Fucking loser. I didn't research anything, and I think that was my problem. I mean, that debate was pretty much bullshit. If you think about it, it, it was. I gotta I mean, tell you, what's what's to what's to really hit on? We I, we covered at least I covered what I thought about it. Yeah, I was disgusted by it. I, I I'll be honest. I really don't know who I'm going to vote for. I at this point, I might just. Write myself in. Or I, just not even fucking waste my time. I'm, I'm more interested in local elections. Here's my problem, all right? I, I do believe in democratic principles, but I believe in them the way that I think that they should be run, maybe not necessarily the way that they're actually doing them. And it's a lot harder to sell an idea when you're doing something versus doing nothing and letting, you know, like the, you know, the conservative angle is to just kind of let the free market take care of everything. It's a lot easier to sell, I think, doing nothing. But Biden wants to do a bunch of shit. I feel like that aligns with feminism. And that is, as somebody who's divorced, as somebody who, I wouldn't necessarily say that I lost custody of my kids, but I have 50-50 custody, and I don't feel like I was treated fairly in that system. I have a lot of reservations about constantly treating feminists and women in general, like, they're always victims. I think that narrative uh, needs to be looked at again. I guess I'll put it that way. So that's that's where my reservations come from as far as voting for Biden. You know, Trump Trump is Trump. And the people that love him fucking love him. Yeah. And I, I'm just, I'm not, I'm not necessarily sold on him, I guess, at this point. One other thing that I heard during the debate that I, I kind of thought about the other that same night and was uh i feel like i come up with a decent idea for it and i'm sure there's holes in it right beginning of a night i mean we have people like you said bills are written by like teams of lawyers and very smart people and shit but biden said something about it he wasn't against defunding the police but he also thinks that he wants to have like a psychiatrist or something on every call for this and that and i'm like you don't get more resources by defunding shit okay So if I were to have – I had an idea the other night that I said, you know, the war on drugs has been going on for, what, 30, 40 years. Right. And it's it's returned nothing. It's literally – we've spent God knows how much money on it. Right. So if it were me in office, I would look at dissolving the DEA. I would make all drugs legal if you're 21 and over because people get them anyways. And I would take all that funding from the DEA – and I would, I mean, I think officers should work work less hours on the on the job on the road. I think they should get more training. They should get uh, more, you know, obviously more training in like DX escalation, and yeah. they should get more like uh, physical combatives training. Because if you ever watch like uh, like guys who go on Rogan that are uh, like competitors in like yeah. MMA and they're, they're sort tra- of background in martial arts. Yeah. They're trained killers, right? Those, those kind of people 
if you watch, they, they're very calm. Yeah. Because they, they pretty much know the outcome of any physical altercation right. if they're in a room with normal people. Sure. doesn't matter how angry you get. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and you have your asshole people that are – they do combat sports because they like fucking people up, right? Yeah. But the people who actually have like a discipline, like a jiu-jitsu black belt or whatever, there's like a calmness in them that it's like you need to get all law enforcement officers to that point. Yeah. And – there's a confidence they have, you know. They don't have to, like, puff their chest out or, or anything like that. Yeah, because they know that if you're sitting there going off, they'd be like, you know, hey, we just – I understand that you're upset by that, right? And then even if they're trying to talk calm and you swing at them, they're probably going to choke you or break your arm. Yeah. Okay? And it's it's not that they're going to choke you by fucking sitting on the back of your neck like the, the awful thing that happened to George Floyd. Sure. They're going to do a quick choke on you. It's just going to – probably knock you out and like right. if you watch mma those guys tap those guys either tap or go unconscious in like sure. literally 10 seconds and they're fine after that yeah but in that amount of time you could get somebody handcuffed and get them set up and they're they're not there's no long-term repercussions for right. being choked out yeah i would hope so we we got to treat the law enforcement a little bit better in my opinion i i get the scrutiny though there are probably some bad people that work in law enforcement there's some people i mean Look, we work with plenty of people with personality defects, right? They're just, they're weird or they're rude or, you know, whatever. And everybody has a fucking personal life that you can't completely separate. If you had a bad fucking day at home and you go into work where, you know, you have a gun and you have that, that temper or whatever, or that, that, that problem that's sitting on your shoulders from earlier in the day, and now you go into work and somebody's mouthing off to you. I mean, that sucks. Yeah, we, we pay people not to let that influence them, right? We That's why we pay them money so that they can do things professionally. But look, people are fucking human beings. Yeah. I mean, we're never going to completely stop that out. And people, and you know what? People don't call the cops to their house when they're having a good day, right? Right. They People call the police when their life has become more than they can handle. Yeah, and, and not, not only do you have a police officer that might be stressed out, who's working the job, you, the people that are calling them are in the same fucking boat because they're not calling them because everything's going wonderful that day. They're calling them because their day fucking sucks. So now you have possibly a guy who's stressed walking into a situation with another guy that's stressed. These guys might be like at 90% of their rage level where they just completely fucking snap, both of them. Yeah, I mean... And they got to sit there and talk each other down, you know? I mean, that's a fucking hard thing to do. It's literally going from... Uh, one bad situation to the next bad situation to the next bad situation. Yeah. That's all the job is. That would honestly, that would wear me out for after a while. Yeah. So that's that's why I think you've got to break up their time. You know that they're out there on yeah. the road. You know the, yeah. you've got guys who who work like like we like we have guys that work at our job, right? They take all the overtime. Yeah. And and granted, if they're taking all the overtime, they probably love what they do. Right. And it's probably not a big deal. But there's a chance that they're just doing it because they got to make ends meet. Yeah. And um. It's just, it's a, it's a hard job, you know, and you try to be diplomatic and everyone's an asshole to you. It's like something simple. You stop somebody because their taillights out. Well, they're hurrying to work. Now they're going to be late. So guess what? They give you fucking attitude. Right. We, everyone's got to stop giving them attitude and actually look at what the job is. And the people who aren't law law enforcement officers, they probably don't want to be one. Right. Yeah. So you have to appreciate that those guys yeah, are exactly. taking that that responsibility for us, and just give them a little bit of fucking respect. Sure. I've never been, I've never been hurt by a police officer. 
I've been arrested a couple times. And you know why? Because I showed them respect. You got arrested because you showed them respect? No, no, no. I got arrested because I broke the fucking law. The fucking <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I didn't get hurt. I didn't get, I never got slammed onto my face. I never got, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, you know, I put my hand behind my back. I put the other one behind my back and he fucking cuffed yeah. me and I went in the car and that's it. That's it. It was nothing. <laughs> yeah. That, that would suck. I think we need to come up with our own individual platforms and what we would run. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I'm not even 35, so I can't run for president. Well, so I mean, you got to get ready for next time. Yeah, well, I mean, both these motherfuckers could die in office. They're pretty fucking old. 2028, Kaiser 2028. <laughs> That's when you can run? Yeah, I'll be, I mean, you have to be 35, I think. Yeah, you have to be 2024, I'll only be 34. Damn, dude. Yeah, 2028. Who knows if they'll even be a United States in 2028. You and uh, Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez or whatever the fuck her name is. That could be her. Maybe I'll do some more digging into stuff. It's it's fun just firing from the hip, though. I'm yeah. like shit that I heard five years ago that like I'm pretty sure I remember. Yeah. For me, it's just it's reading titles of articles and then not actually reading the article and then cross-referencing <laughs> those titles with titles of other articles. <laughs> Yeah, when you said whatever that one was, you're like, yeah, well, I didn't read it. I'm like, well, then shut up. I don't, I don't read anything. I just read comments on Reddit, and that is why I'm so fucking confused probably for this election. I would imagine so. But at the same time, it's it's nice not to have the, uh, you know, I'm not, I don't have the media narrative, I guess. I have a, a different sort of narrative. I am going to look at the experts now. I don't want to have any expert opinions, like, clouding my judgment, but, I, you know, I don't really have a... In opinion, again, I'll, I'll probably at this point I don't know who to vote for, and I, I just might end up not voting. Yeah, I'm in that same boat. I don't, I don't think I have a uh, an option that represents me very well. Yeah, I basically don't have a horse in this race. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel. All right, man, you want to wrap this up? We're let's at hour fifteen. Up. Yeah, let's do it. I got to get back to Emma. She's Once we home. cut out that fucking pause. Cut. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck. I didn't know what I was talking about. Just cut it out. All right. End of podcast. Peace out, everybody.